1: This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome,
2: welcome. Welcome, welcome. You want to run with the game changers. You are in the right place. Today's buzz, retail. I know that impacts everybody listening everywhere. So listen up. Today's smart, digitally empowered shoppers expect what? Well, they expect a seamless omni channel retail experience. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes that lets them combine online and brick and mortar everything. They want to browse, they want to shop, they want to order, they want to return wherever. So let's say they buy online, they might want to return something they're not so happy with, wrong size, wrong fit, wrong color, they want to return it to a brick and mortar. That's an omni-channel retail experience. I have a panel of experts who are going to talk to us about the impact of startups on the retail industry, on the retail vertical. I want to introduce you to my first guest today. We have three on the panel, so let's get started. First up is Michael Harris. He's the founder and CTO of Optimus Advantage. And Michael sent me the following quote, and then he'll talk to us. Imagine how delighted retail customers would be to get the right product at the right time, and here's the key, at the right price. And imagine how delighted retailers would be to cover their lost sales associated with sticker shock. You all know what that is. If you think that's futuristic, think again. Michael Harris, welcome to Startup Focus with Game Changers. How are you today, Michael?
3: Okay, good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon. Talk to me about your quote. What are we talking about here?
3: Well, I think the most obvious dramatic change in retail is the transition from a brick-and-mortar retail store to an online store, and we are at a profound moment to witness that rapid transaction to an online presence. Even though 25% of the shopping is still online, Mm -hmm. it is growing dramatically. So in that sense, I think that is the touchstone of the phenomena that is occurring now. Okay, what
2: about this part about uh, retailers recovering lost sales associated with a sticker shock? How important is that? How does that affect the pricing if they know they have to compensate for lost sales, past and projected future lost sales? What do you think is coming down the pike? Give us just a little
3: peek, Michael Harris. Right. Well, what we are working on is a solution to offer just that, the right product at the right time and at the right price, and balance between the customer and the retailer where they both win. So in that context, we have developed software that balances that equation. Also, the typical brick-and-mortar retail stores have hit a wall in terms that they must go online to have an online presence in order to survive. I don't know if you're following the typical brick-and-mortar stores such as JCPenney and Sears, Mm -hmm. but many people go to these stores, try on what they want, and then come back home and buy it online for two-thirds of the price. As you can imagine, this is eroding the brick-and-mortar model. So we're in a dramatic transition period. So in that context, we have addressed that problem and we have solved it.
2: Good. We're going to be talking to you about your startup and the impact you intend to have on the retail industry, and you've just really described for us what we're talking about today, Michael, the omni-channel retail experience. I, I think we are all in this, hey, it's my money. I want to do it my way. It's We're back to the me, me, me generation. Thank you for kicking us off, Michael Harris. We'll be back to you in just a couple of minutes. Let's introduce my second panelist today. He is a return guest here on Startup Focus with Game Changers, Sam Bott from United Software Associates, and Sam sent me the follow Following, quote, people in the retail industry are better off knowing that if their cash registers are not ringing, it's because their competitors are doing a much better job at influencing customers. In other words, they're stealing the customers away from that cash register. Sam Bott, welcome back. How are you today? Pretty good, Bonnie. How are you? Wonderful. So delighted to hear your voice again. So talk to me about this. This sounds like a reality check. Are you holding up the mirror to retailers and saying, okay, let's get real, folks. Somebody else is getting the customers if you're not. Talk to me, Sam.
4: Yeah, you know, times have changed now. If you look around, uh, there was a time, you know, used to, if you're a nice man, you used to listen to your wife or maybe your family or friends or if you're meditative, listen to your inner voice before making buying decisions. But these days uh, you know consumers are bombarded with all kinds of information all kinds of influencers are uh, jumping in and uh, uh, first of all i'm really sorry for the retail industry in in one sense but uh, there is an opportunity here also that if they are really able to find out what ticks in in the present times um, you know obviously they would like to see their cash registers uh, you know ringing so so it's a, it's a double-edged sword. If, if it's not working for you, it obviously means that you know your products are not in the top of the customer's mind.
2: There you go. And, and I want to talk to you just a moment, Sam, here, about you say influencing customers. That seems to be very important. So uh, how do they influence? Is, it just, is everybody shopping for price? Or as we said, we talked to Michael about Omnichannel, they want to go and try it on in brick and mortar, then they want to go online and get a price break. So... Do you have to influence them with your ability to deal with Omni Channel, to offer them those options? What do you think?
4: Yeah, I mean, look, there could be uh, software or technology solutions, but the sheer size and width of media, uh, which is now available to people uh, right from their handheld devices to everything else on the Internet, the movies and uh, TV and you name it, uh, plus, uh, you know, there are people around you whom you're connected in a kind of a social or a virtual uh, manner. Great so, where, uh, where you, earlier it was pretty easy. Like, you know, you would make decisions based on a couple of people surrounding you. So, if you had influence, let's say, uh, if you're buying mostly based on what your wife tells you or you, maybe your family tells <laughs> you, you could probably, you know, have an ad which focuses on these type of sentiments. But these days... You know there is a huge uh, network around you which is constantly feeding you information. So, by, so it, it, it's really difficult. And I guess uh, software solutions, some of those which United try, United is trying to build using analytics on social media, uh, tech, you know, types of uh, platforms, mm-hmm. uh, might give you a glimpse of uh, what is uh, probably going to tick with that specific customer in a specific buying segment.
2: Thank you, Sam. I have one question before we turn to our third panelist, who's waiting patiently, by the way. It's Sanjay Chiroli from SAP, who has also been on the show recently. Sam, question is, do you think they still have old-fashioned spies? You talk about the competitors are doing it better. Do you think they have spies and shills, and they put somebody on somebody else's payroll and say, hey, what's JCPenney doing? We want to bring that over to, I don't know, we want to bring it, not Nordstrom, but Macy, maybe Macy's, you know, federated. What do you think? How, how would they be? Is everything, in other words, above board and transparent? you still have to spy on your competitors to see what they're doing better?
4: I think any any business, if it is not having a view of their competitors, is definitely going down. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm speaking from my own experience. I'll not name the customers, but we deal with, uh, you mentioned, you know, Macy's and, um, you know, we deal with a uh, few customers ourselves. And mm-hmm. we know for a fact that, you know, they are looking for, uh, people who have some insights into what their competitors are doing. So to answer your question, plain and simple, it is yes. You need to look at uh, you know uh, what your competitors are doing, and if there are there is a retail whiz kid who has somehow figured out um, you know uh, how to do something not just related to the product, but the supply chain, how the product gets there, how people look at your products, and all that whole process. I mean, there could be multiple people here. But mm-hmm. each part of the entire buying experience um, um, is 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 become very very crucial.
2: Thank you. Thanks for indulging my whim there, asking about industrial retail spies. I actually like that. I think we should make movies about that. Let's bring on our third panelist, Sanjay Shiroli from SAP. Welcome back. And you have quoted Steve Jobs today. The quote is, innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. Welcome back, Sanjay. And tell me, what does this have to do with our topic today, which is retail?
5: First of all, hi, Bonnie. And hi Hi. to the other panelists. Um, You know, I think, uh, you know, this... You know, this quote actually, you know, strikes at multiple levels. It's a little bit of an abstract quote, but think about innovation either from the product itself, which distinguishes, distinguishes itself from others. Think about the processes, the experience, and all of that uh, that is involved in the retail industry that creates a leader and, you know, makes them uh, the leaders uh, for being so creative.
2: Sanjay, how is new technology, and we're talking today, of course, to Michael Harris at Optimus Advantage and Sam Bott from United Software Associates, how are these newcomers into retail, whether they're actually retailers or they're working with high-end technology to help retailers become smarter? How much impact has been made? If you can just give us a, a top-down view or a 5,000-foot view uh, before we go to our first break, Sanjay. How much is this impacting the ability of retails to be smarter?
5: I think it has a huge impact. You know, whether it's the ability to predict, uh, you know, uh, on behalf of the consumer, what are the other products that they might like, or what are the features of a product that they might like, based on what they've already purchased, or based on the people they hang out with, or based on the activities that they've done in the past week or month or year. So I think across the board, there's tremendous amount of data that these smart technologies can leverage and figure out what a user or a consumer really needs to be looking at or evaluating or purchasing.
2: Thank you, Sanjay. One more question for you. From your vantage point at SAP Startup Focus, who sponsored this wonderful program we're doing now, and I understand you've renewed for into this year, so we're very excited about that. Uh, Sanjay, do you see a lot of your startups looking at the retail industry? Is this a, a key focus or are they across many, many different verticals?
5: You know, I think the startups come across many verticals, but there is a fairly reasonable uh, you know chunk of startups that are uh, looking at the retail space and providing solutions for the retail space. And a number of them come at it uh, with, with different ideas and, and, and different strategies. And that's the exciting part. It In the end, it helps not only uh, the, the end customer who's buying stuff, but it also helps the folks who are selling stuff, whether it's goods or services, uh, to you know, grow their businesses.
2: Thank you, Sanjay. I'm going to give you all a break because we've got a long, long segment coming up with our roundtable. I have a lot of information to get out of all three of you. I'm talking today to Michael Harris, founder and CTO at Optimus Advantage, Sam Bott from United Software Associates, and Sanjay Shirolli at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and you're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Our topic today, and you're going to get some real firsthand insights into startups in retail. State of the Union. I think that's a rather clever title. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Mike's going to take us out to break and we'll be right back with lots more.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line? You need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO.com. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers.
2: Yes, let's. Welcome back. We're here on Startup Focus, and I'm speaking today with Michael Harris at Optimus Advantage, Sam Bott from United Software Associates, and Sanjay Shiroli at SAP. I'd like to get to know my panelists a little better because I bet the listeners would like to know them too. So, Michael Harris, tag your it. Why don't you tell us two minutes or so, talk to us about Optimus Advantage. When did you found the company? When did you start it? Why did you start it? What are your goals in terms of impacting the retail industry? Talk to me, Michael
3: Harris. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. Uh, we are a three-year-old company. Uh, we are in the SAP HANA startup program, mm-hmm. and we basically have developed a application on the HANA platform for retail and banking. At this time, we're focused on retail. And what we're primarily interested in is empowering the customer to give them choices and basically address their needs first because the whole retail industry has been flipped upside down by the profound amount of opportunity available to shop online virtually anywhere at any time in virtually any country. So mm-hmm. it's a level, it levels the playing field, and we think this is a great opportunity to find a good meeting of the minds between the customer and the retailer and make both of them winners. So what we focus on is empowering the customer on the customer side to give them choices, mm-hmm. and at the same time, on the retailer side, to keep their profit margins continuous, and we've discovered a new source of revenue for the retailer in terms of mitigating the problems with abandoned shopping carts. So we've come up with a solution to Michael, how many people
2: Thank you. How many people sat down at the table and said, we're going to form a company called Optimus Advantage and we're going to do something amazing for both sides of the retail table for the customer and, and the retailer themselves? How many people sat down and had this great idea? Was it just you or, or do you have a team that brainstormed it? Just wondering from the startup perspective for our listeners.
3: Right. Good question. Um, I basically conceived the, base, the concepts of Optimus Advantage. Uh, Optimus is uh, an LLC and it is focused on online web-based software development. So that's where I focus my career path on after 25 years is in this industry. However, I came up with the initial idea, and then we have two other partners that assist in different aspects of it in terms of management and legal. So we have one person that is familiar with management, over 30 years' experience, and Our other partner is a lawyer, so in that sense, and I'm the technologist, so together we form uh, different viewpoints, which I think brings a very healthy view to software development, but we constantly stay in touch with customers and retailers to really understand what is going on in the industry. I have a few salient quotes uh, from a recent study, if you would like to hear them.
2: You know what? Let's hold those for the roundtable because I I have some of your uh, your statistics in front of me, and they're going to make for a great great kicking off point, so thank you. But I have one more question. Was it hard for you to convince the other members of your team to come on board? Did they say, oh, Michael, please? Or did they say, OMG, this new company, Optimus Advantage LLC, is going to become a leader in this industry. You're going to be a household name, at least in the back office of the retail industry, or or when the retailers sit around the table at big conferences, everybody's going to say, Thank God for Optimus. So, what was your vision? How did you get people on board, Michael?
3: Oh, I wish it were exotic and complex. <laughs> it is very simple. Just identify the need and meet it. It's real okay. Simple, uh, okay. Because, and and that is what Optimus is. It's a response to fundamental needs that are documented statistically. So we're not shooting in the dark nor any wild ideas. Actually, it's almost uh, simplistic in the approach. Our solution is not simplistic, but we identify the problem and we solve it, and then now we're implementing it.
2: I like that. That sounds like there's some elegance to this whole thing. Appreciate that. Thanks for the story, Michael, the history. And Sam Bott, let's get to know you a little bit better before we launch into the roundtable. United Software Associates, tell us a little bit about why you're here on this panel in terms of what are the trends you observed in retail that made you want to do something.
4: Hey, uh, you know, uh, this is... uh, this is very interesting in the sense I sit on a uh, forum or a panel, which is uh, a bunch of investors and people here in the Valley, uh, which is called Tri Valley Entrepreneurs Group. And uh, this idea actually came out of a young guy who, uh, you know, thought about uh, how nice it would be if we use the current technology and uh, social media platforms to actually influence. Uh, buying decisions in the sense actively and in real time so it uh, so then we said uh, united as a company has been around for about 16 years and we keep mm-hmm. that as a holding company and we've done a bunch of things some of it have made all the way to nasdaq some of them have miserably failed so you know i've learned from both those um, things success and failure sure. uh, we started working on the social media technology platform about a year and a half ago and we have significant experience in real-time applications and real-time analytics using HANA, and we have a kind of a platform in that uh, that basic generic uh, uh, area itself. So we said, why don't we apply and see if there is a use case uh, for um, you know retail engagement using this guy's idea and uh, trying to bring HANA and other analytics uh, stuff into it. So, very simply, uh, uh, the, the, our focus is very simple. How do you monetize your fans and your people in the network? So from the, retail, from the retailer standpoint, we want to make sure that people who like that retailer, who, who could be their fans, and mm-hmm. the other people who are in your buyer's network, how they can all get together to make a buying decision when he's online. So we've figured out a way, we've uh, written uh, specific algorithms, rules, um, I would say certain get into the you know conversation um, uh, methods which uh, allow uh, you to influence an online uh, retailer or online buyer who's just browsing something or looking for something uh, to um, actually go in for your product. So essentially... Uh, this is a social media engagement uh, platform um, uh, 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 rather than, I would just say, a, uh, you know, trying to give them any, anything else. So we, we really want them to close deals using this technology uh, which mm-hmm. we have developed.
2: Thank you very much, Sam. Good overview. Sanjay, I'm not going to leave you out in the cold. Uh, you have some startup experience, I know, but you're working with the SAP Startup Focus Program. What's special about what Michael and Sam just told us? Is it an attitude? Is it energy? Is it, what do they bring to the table that makes them part of this exciting program in terms of using SAP HANA and analytics to bring their ideas to bear and impact the real t- retail industry? Give me a little insight, Sanjay.
5: I think one of the fundamental things to remember about entrepreneurs who jump into the you know dark tough world of startups is the passion that they have uh the fearlessness that they have and uh I think to to a certain extent uh the the the, the lack of uh any thought for all the pain that they're going to go through as they go through this process so I think uh, it's it's a very, very hard thing to do, uh, to jump out and to do a startup, um, you know, where you typically would leave, uh, you know, your corporate job or, or a nice, cushy job, which gives you a paycheck month to month and takes care of all your liabilities in life and go mm-hmm. into this unknown where nothing is coming through. So I think that's probably the the big exciting thing that we consistently see as we come across the hundreds of startups worldwide through our Startup Focus program.
2: Thank you, Sanjay. Good. I'm I'm glad. We, we look for that intangible. We look for that in our guests here on the radio show, is that passion for people to talk about what's important to them and share that with our listeners. So thank you. Great panel today. Now, Michael Harris, I'm not going to hold you back any longer. You sent me a bunch of very, very interesting statistics. I will read one of them, and I want you to embellish, and then I would like Sam and Sanjay to jump in, and let's just move this along and get some really good information out to our listeners. So, Michael Harris, you told me from, some, some uh, quoting a UPS Commission study on retail. In 2013, was just a couple of weeks ago, actually, e-commerce grew about 15% to $186 billion. Now, that's seven times the growth rate of all U.S. retail spending. That is important. Michael, what does this mean to you? What does it mean to retail? And then I'm going to ask Sam and Sanjay to
3: join in. Go ahead, Michael. Well, it obviously identifies a trend. However, Mm -hmm. it also identifies a challenge, and the challenge is how do you capture the wave? How do you catch that wave of the change and become part of it rather than being swept away? So I think that can be accomplished through technology, as uh, your other guests have identified. This, I believe, is the vehicle to enable online retailers to survive into this next phase. And what's very interesting is no one's in charge of it. It is simply Mm -hmm. happening. So in that context, it is a level playing field for anyone with a good idea to move forward with it and implement it relatively quickly through the use of technology. So I think these are very exciting times.
2: Very exciting. So it sounds like you're saying it's a new frontier. That anybody um, can put their wagon train on that path and, yeah. and uh, get get the suit get the kitchen going and get the horses watered and and move over into this land of opportunity. That's very exciting. I, I didn't know that. I expected you to say that, Sam Bot. Uh, why don't you chime in on this? And Sam, you sent me an alternate quote that that applies here very importantly. I think the days of shopping alone are over, and that goes to what you were talking about a few minutes ago about social. What about this trend that Michael has alerted us to? These statistics from the UPS study. How does that impact? the industry in general. Do you agree that that's the direction it's definitely going?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, uh, you know, there's always a uh, toss between two things. I mean, if you look at uh, the retailers who have a physical presence, uh, what they essentially offer you is the shopping experience and uh, instant gratification. I don't think in the near time that is something which will go away because if you look at yourself, you'll realize that Shopping is as much of a social and a self-pleasing uh, experience um, and um, a way to, you know, gratify some of your desires than any of the other things like movies or whatever else, right? So that that part, I think, uh, is there. And the second part is the convenience of online retail shopping, right? Like if you look at it, uh, you know, there's a recent study which says that uh, in the 2013 Black Friday, Every two out of three purchases were made using a tablet or a smartphone mm-hmm. right so uh, but 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 let me tell you what you can do right i mean this is yeah. a fact so if you if you if the retailers who are also having physical presence, if they can focus on you know the trends which are there and fill their stores with those type of products and, you know, have other promotions which can attract somebody to go there, buy it, and instantly get gratified, they need to work on those two sentiments, you know, the experience and the gratification. Now, from coming to the online world, it's Mm -hmm. getting a little complicated there because, you know, people are going online, they're shifting and jumping into sites to get prizes to see where it's available faster, shipping is free, so on and so forth. Now, out there, the only way you could do it is that have a... Online, I would say, cloud or a network come into play from the outside or from the inside, which means your network or from outside networks to influence your buying decisions. Because he might just in a click of a button shift to another website, and you're you know you're gone. So while he is there, you need to figure out how to close it. So so those are some of the problems. At least United is trying to solve. Um, I think the 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 problems also come up with an opportunity, I think, in both these areas. So the retail sales online will continue to grow, but that does not mean that you know, the, the, the stores which are there for the near future will have to close down, I mean, immediately. There, there is some kind of a value in them as well.
2: Good to know. I bet they're glad to know that too. Sanjay Shiroli, By the way, in your bio, you told me after seventeen years as a Silicon Valley entrepreneur, you had two reasonably successful startups behind you. I love that, and I put it in quotes for my notes. Sanjay, any comments on what we're hearing from Sam and from Michael Harris?
5: Yeah, I think you know if you if you look at the rate of growth uh, for for online versus uh, through brick and mortar, uh, I think the the, the two. Major reasons are as follows. One, um, you know, obviously the experience and, and the flexibility and all of that is one. But you know, think of it this way: today, after you know maybe ten, fifteen years of being around, Amazon, for example, has become almost like a gold standard. Where when a user wants to go and buy something, the user feels very comfortable that hey, you know, if I buy something on the Amazon website and don't like it or whatever, it doesn't get delivered, I have a good entity, a reliable entity that I can go back to and get things done, right? So mm-hmm. that's taken off a bunch of resistance or fear from the minds of users. So that's one angle. The second one is the big retail stores. Um, all of them, uh, like both uh, Michael and Sam were talking about, are you know have their brick and mortar stores, but they also have... Um, you know, online presence. In fact, what is very interesting is I'm doing a kitchen remodel at home. Me too. I, yeah, great. <laughs> what a thing. My kitchen is out for the last two days.
2: Mine's but, going to be on Monday, but I'm going away for two weeks, so I won't have to suffer through it, but they better deliver the counters on time. Go, <laughs> go ahead, Sanjay. Luck,
5: lucky you. Um, <laughs> Thank you, dear. You know, so, so one of the interesting things for me was, um, you know, I needed to get tiles and floor tiles for the kitchen, and I went and and I looked at the two big box stores, you know, the, the Orange Store and the other one. Yes, I'm working uh, in, in with our, the
2: Orange Store. <laughs> yeah, and,
5: and and interestingly, I noticed that physically the store did not carry a huge amount of, you know, varieties of floor tiles. That's for correct. But, but when I went online, the same mm. store has a bunch. Yes. And I felt pretty comfortable ordering those from them although they were manufactured and delivered by someone else because I could you know, pick them up at uh, you know, no cost from, from the big store and uh, also felt comfortable that if there was a problem, I could go back to the big store. So I think yep. those are also the two big uh, areas which are helping uh, reasons why you're seeing people put more and more money into buying goods and services with thousands of dollars uh, online.
2: That's very, very interesting. By the way, you're doing the whole kitchen? Yeah, yeah, the whole kitchen. I'm just doing the countertops, but I ordered a very hard-to-get quartz. It's a bright red, pure red quartz. It's like the most expensive you could buy because nobody wants it but me. So it's going to be a very interesting. Just the countertops, very, very interesting project. I'll let you know how mine turns out. Now, I have a question for you, Sanjay, first. Just a quick answer, and then I would like Michael Harris and Sam Bott to answer. How do entrepreneurs like Sam and Michael let the retailers know. Look, retailers are busy. They have a lot in their plate. They're dealing with what are the trends and what are the competitors doing and who are the shoppers and what's going on social and what's my website doing and what am I supplying. They are Busy. They're really busy. How does somebody like a Sam Bot and like a Michael Harris get in front of a retailer and say, hello, we're over here. We've got this great new software solution or solutions. We're going to make your life better. Is that door hard to bang down or get that window to open at the club door? Sanjay, what from your perspective at at Startup Focus Program at SAP, what do you see in terms of, and then we're going to have them uh, chime in as well, what do you see in terms of how do entrepreneurs let the big guys know? I'm here. Talk to me.
5: Yeah. So I think, uh, uh, great, great question. So there's two, two angles to it, right? The, the first one is you have to remember that all the big retailers have huge, huge amounts of attention being paid to and very smart people running uh, you know, their technology side. So they're constantly on the lookout for new technologies from an innovation perspective. So they have their Uh, sensors and radars on to look for these startups. It's easy. It's not that bad. The second one, of course, is to be engaged with partners like SAP, for example, which has a huge, huge penetration in the retail uh, sector. And, you know, as part of the SAP Startup Focus program, you know, once uh, companies like Michael's and Sam's are ready with their products, with solid products, which are proven, Uh, then it's a little easier to get those introductions. So those are the two angles that I see.
2: Thank you very much. Let's have Michael Harris at Optimus Advantage chime in. Michael, how do you let them know I'm here? I have something phenomenal for you. Pay attention to me. Let me in. Let me talk to you. What do you do?
3: Sure. Um, I would like to reinforce what Sandra just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, in our case, our business model required speed and massive amounts of data storage and that's where we discovered the uh, SAP HANA solution of up to 250 terabytes of data available, and that would be in an in-memory device, and that would give us speed. So if you can imagine 256 terabytes of RAM available for your use, you can put anything on that platform and access any aspect of that data instantaneously. And Mm -hmm. our application solution for retailers required speed and access to large volumes of data. So we sort of evolved together rather than a revolution. It was an evolution where we had our business model, we thought it was viable, and then we became aware of the SAP HANA uh, device and said that's where it should live, and then we were lucky enough to discover that they had a startup program, so it was a no-brainer to just follow through and become part of that and haven't looked back since.
2: Wow. Wow. That's quite an inspiring story. And I like the way you chose your words carefully. Evolution versus revolution. That's probably a lot more palatable to a big store. Sam Bot, you're up. What do you observe? What have you experienced in terms of getting in front of, I'll put quotes around this, the big guys, the big kids that you want to do business with? You're a newcomer and, well, you've been around 16 years in this business, but right now you have a solution you want them to pay attention to. How do you get in that door?
4: Uh, Bonnie, I think uh, you know I I never ignore the small guys and always think of myself as uh, a mix of both. You know, so so coming back to the small guy, right? I mean, uh, whatever solution you have, like whatever solution we've built, uh, we want to see if uh, uh, whether you know we're really solving a problem with SAP HANA or without, and if there is a merit to use. Uh, SAP HANA, so be it, some of the larger guys might use it. So the first thing I normally end up doing is that uh, finding a uh, couple of small customers who test my product. So that's what we've done And uh, in the Silicon Valley. We have a couple of small guys who are using this and they're giving us constant feedback, which is very important as we uh, tweak and tune the product uh, for sure. the larger guys. Now, once that is done... Uh, SAP startup focus and uh, SAP's reach is um, probably very, very important for uh, any small company. And that is where, um, you know, we would go with SAP and say, look, this is uh, tested. Uh, you know, if you then try to now um, go to a big, uh, let's say, a retailer like uh, Burberry or somebody who is an SAP customer, uh, you could then try to tell them that using this solution, you know, and using HANA, uh, what are the benefits? So I think the larger deals uh, or larger introductions are not really possible or are unlikely to happen to a small company, Mm -hmm. but as they're growing, they should definitely not ignore trying it out, uh, you know, uh, with somebody they know or maybe a smaller place.
2: Great information. Thank you. You know what? I'm going to move this to another part of our discussion, move in a completely different direction, because I happen to know that Michael Harris is passionate about the topic of the changeover from paper coupons, the evolution, if you will, but I'm not sure it's not a revolution. From paper coupons to digital coupons in retail, why don't you give us a bird's-eye view of what this is all about, Michael Harris? I know this is one of your passions.
3: Right. Well, uh, once again, I'd like to go back to facts. Uh, there was a study by inmar
2: which mm-hmm.
3: is in the coupon industry, and especially in the marketing and the big change is from paper to digital coupons. However, there are new advantages that become available with a digital coupon, as I will talk about in a moment. basically the quote is industry wide coupon redemption remained steady in two thousand and thirteen at nine two point nine billion coupons redeemed while distribution grew. compared to 2012. Some 329 billion coupons for consumer goods were redeemed. So this is, once again, a growing trend. However, there are other innovations within electronic coupons that become obvious, uh, such as the ability to hyperlink on the coupon can take you to a website, You can actually download the coupon onto your smartphone, bring it into the retailer's store, have it scanned and applied. So it's getting away from the physical world and going more into the electronic world. And the aspect of it being an information container is the main advantage, and that's what we're trying to leverage also.
2: Very interesting. And I'm reading the statistic you sent, and I'm interested in this this breakdown here, Michael. Roughly 40% were for food products. That's of the 329 billion coupons for consumer packaged goods. Roughly 40% were for food products and 60% were for non-food products. I have a quick anecdote to share with the panel. I think you'll get a kick out of this. There is a restaurant here on Long Island. Uh, Very, very interesting food, very aggressive marketer, owns these companies. He's got about five different locations, and I'm on his email list. So I got an an email coupon, if you will. Click here to print. They wanted me to physically print it. Well, I didn't have any ink in my printer that day, and I wanted to go and get the chicken kebab with all of the fixings and the trimmings and the soup for $9.99. Hey, nice dinner, a lot of food, great cooking. I went in, and I said, I have it on my iPhone. And they said, okay. And then the waitress came over to me. You'll never guess what she did. A piece of paper, handwritten, the email address of the manager. She said, use your iPhone, email the coupon to the manager. He will print it out in the back of the, I swear to God, print it, at, I swear, happened last week, back of the restaurant, and he will attach it to your check so we know you use the coupon. Now, really, really. Sambot, you have to comment on this, please. Are you laughing? No, no, no. I think... Uh I'm it's adorable. Why he
4: had to print it. I mean, he could have just scanned it off your phone and uh, or you know, just read it off that or something like that. But anyway, I think uh, uh, um, I mean, the short answer is that he wasted a step but and some paper, I guess. <laughs> but uh, maybe he's not one of those go green guys, but uh, hey, look, you got your kebabs. You didn't have to print and uh, you know, it it was a great meal and uh, you know, I love kebabs, so that's uh, now I'm already feeling hungry because I had to skip lunch. In you come to New York, meetings. I'll take you there. But even no, I'm funnier was, now.
2: <laughs> somebody, we knew, somebody we knew came up to the table and said hello. And I said, look, I have the coupon here, but they had to print it. And here's mm. the email address. And she said, good, give it to me. I won't have to bother the waitress to give me the email address. So I passed the piece of paper to this other couple. They went to their table and they emailed it to the manager. Now, please, please, <laughs> what era are we in? Michael Harris, you must have a comment on
3: this. Talk to me for a second well right i do it sounds like a story of a uh, retro and it is yes. amusing in its own right it's kind of sad but let's uh reverse it let's say you just simply showed up and they know who you are and they apply the discount because you've already redeemed the coupon online so ooh, they, ooh, ooh was, i like that the intelligence like- would be transferred immediately they wouldn't even have to go to paper they wouldn't even have to have a coupon I like the way make, you
4: think. And, and maybe they lo- could have, have really also, cool. also sold you some uh, Indian bread along with the kebabs <laughs> if they knew that you like that. You know, so, so he he missed making an extra, you totally. know, piece of sale. Maybe.
2: Totally, absolutely, Sanjay Shiroli, you must have something to say on the story or related to to real retail.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Michael hit upon it. The whole presence, uh, you know, capability is becoming very, very powerful and real. Uh, the only challenge for presence. And when I say presence, what I'm talking about is you enter a retail store and they know you've entered, right? Uh, mm-hmm. the, today, from a technology standpoint, uh, you know, the Wi-Fi routers that are sitting in the stores are, are sampling you. And, you know, if you have the app, uh, you know, your app is sampling, uh, you know, their routers, and then that's how they know you're present. So it's a, it, there are some technology issues with the battery life, but I know a bunch of players now who are working on, reducing uh, the the impact on battery life. So that makes it powerful not only, uh, you know, to know who just entered your store, but the level of accuracy uh, on these devices, you know, when you stand in front of, let's say, a particular rack of clothes or, you know, goods, they will know, Where you're standing and what you're looking at. So, you know, these are some very powerful capabilities. Some people tend to call them uh, a little bit, uh, you know, weird and sneaky. Mm-hmm. I think the level of service is, uh, you know, going to be affected in a very positive way with these
2: things. That that's correct. That's blending personalization with creepy. Really, you know that much about me. I have to tell you all. I'm looking at our Twitter stream here. We're on hashtag SAP Radio. We we have uh, Tom Flanagan. I think he's tweeting as SAP underscore Radio. But our good friend Malcolm Kimberlin from SAP just tweeted, and gentlemen, you have to hear this uh, relating to my story. He said, "Me too." But the restaurant didn't have email. I had to go door to door until a. Business business would let me use their printer to print the coupon. Oh my god. It gets weirder and weirder. I have uh, we have 2 minutes until we take a break and you all have earned this break seriously before we go to what's coming up next for you your business for the retail industry 5 years ahead. But I want just a one sentence answer. Are the leaders of the pack in terms of who's driving this need for evolutionary changes in retail? Is this, pardon me for saying it, the millennials or is it Gen Y or is it the baby boomers like me? Is there one generation that stands out from all of the others, that is the one that says yes. Keep going, retailers. We want more and more. So, Michael Harris, quickly. What? Well, take take thirty seconds. Who's driving it, or just across the board, all customers?
3: We are driving it. Oh, everyone, everyone that is involved is driving it. I don't know if you can segment it because I think those segments are breaking down. Also, people simply are able to do more, and they do, independent of. Uh, their age or their any cultural orientation I think it is um, one big happy family and it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens
2: Wow great answer Sam Bod I won't ask you to top that but what's your POV let's get you in here uh, I think
4: it's the young people uh, uh, Bonnie if you look around in most of the economies who are emerging as big buyers the majority of the population is you know in their 20s uh, as opposed to and they have a big population to start with and uh, you know and these guys are very savvy these days Uh, you know they do all the social media and all the other stuff we kind of missed out on Uh, so Mm -hmm. I guess uh, uh, you know these are the people and uh, retailers used to I mean should take notice of and uh, try to build solutions or build products which uh, attract uh, these people to buy them
2: good point Sanjay Shiroli SAP what's your point of view on this who is anybody any particular segment
5: yeah, I think, yeah, look, I mean, I, I agree with, uh, with with Michael, um, uh, you know, to, to a large degree. If you think about it, uh, you know, uh, to, to uh, Sam's point, millennials and, you know, the younger kids obviously are doing their thing and they're buying, but you cannot forget that the big ticket items, whether they're goods, services, uh, you know, services like travel, vacations, et cetera, it's the baby boomers who are just you know, churning the, the, the spinning the money wheels right now, right? I mean, they're buying yes. a lot of stuff. So I think, uh, you know, so so from an age perspective, uh, it's across the board. And culturally, like, like Michael mm-hmm. said, I mean, it's a huge thing. I mean, whether it's here in the U.S. that people are buying stuff or, you know, you look at China where people are just buying a lot of stuff all the way from groceries being delivered at home to yes. taking – luxury holidays, uh, you know, uh, luxury shopping holidays, sorry. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's, It's amazing. In fact, we have a startup which actually focuses only on clientele from China that goes out on vacations to do luxury shopping right wow so, i mean you, it, you,
2: it, you tell it, the powers that be that own this show that we need to get a topic on that one coming up in the spring that's definitely sanjay i'm going to take you to break because i know you and your co-panelists are ready for a break when we come back and we're going to be gone just about a minute i want to ask the three of you where do you predict in the case of michael harris at optimus advantage and sam bod at united software associates five years from today if we met again and i certainly hope we do if we had this radio show five years from today we what would we be talking about in terms of your impact at that time or looking back over your shoulder on retail? And Sanjay Shiroli, I'm interested also in anything you want to talk about in terms of the next five years. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham having a great time with my panelists today. Retail is certainly an interesting industry to look at. We're putting it under the microscope. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers presented by SAP. We'll be back with the future. I can't wait. Mike out.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line: you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.graham at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now let's get back to startup focus with Game Changers.
2: We are, and we're on the retail vertical track today, having a really good time. I'm speaking with Michael Harris, founder and CTO of Optimus Advantage, LLC, Sam Bott of United Software Associates, and Sanjay Shiroli at SAP. Okay, guys, we've got about six minutes left, and we do have a hard stop. So time to put the pedal to the metal, and let's look ahead. Let's spin that future out in front of us. Michael Harris, you've been a great panelist, great insight. So look ahead, Michael, five years. Where will Optimus be? Where will the retail industry be? They give you one and a half minutes on the clock.
3: Go. Right. Well, Optimus will be involved in retail because that is our focus. We see the process of the mechanics of retail becoming more invisible. In other words, there will be less friction in the actual transaction. You'll be able to express what you want and you will receive it. And then all the details of uh, the involvement of the friction of the process of the transaction will be invisible, and you'll simply be able to think of what you want to obtain and obtain it, and your account will be deducted accordingly, and that process will be very smooth and efficient.
2: Thank you, Michael Harris. That's all good news to all of us because we all buy something sometime. I appreciate that. Sam Bott, United Software Associates. What's your look into five years ahead? Anything very evolutionary or revolutionary, Sam?
4: Well, well, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I fires is a is a is a long view, but if you, if you look uh, in the next couple of years, I think what will happen is that uh, social media obviously will be widely accepted. Um, any kind of uh, retail uh, presence in the social media, like having a mall itself within Facebook or Twitter, will be pretty common. Uh, Analytics in terms of buying behavior will be very refined, and uh, this includes predictive analytical algorithms. Will be more uh, common um, or more, uh, uh, once again, refined and accurate in terms of really predicting uh, the the buying patterns and the sentiments around buying. Uh, so that's the good news for SAP and SAP HANA, uh, which solve these type of problems and uh, you know i think in in terms of uh, uh, you know security and uh, uh, some kind of a uh, i would say fear factor um, which is associated with online uh, or social media type of uh, interactions or purchases uh, the the trend is uh, you know really going towards you know people accept it more now so i think all, all those things will improve so it will be safe, sound, secure, and uh, a perfect day every day because on, you know, when it's online, you don't have to worry about the rain or you know the summer or whatever. That's true. Every day is a happy day to shop. It may not be very good <laughs> for how much money people will end up saving uh, because uh, I, I definitely think that one of the um, bad things of uh, online is uh, you end up buying more. And, uh, you know, it will have impact on credit card debt and uh, stuff like that. So this is this is really not a a very good thing if you are managing your kind of, you know, home budget or, you know, planning for your mm-hmm. retirement or whatever.
2: Way too tempting. Thank you very much, Sam Bhatt. Sanjay Saroli, I want to read one of the points you sent me before the show, and you can use that to jump into the future. You say goods are tangible services are intangible but experiences aha they are memorable what's going to be the state of the retail experience referencing back if you wish to what sam Botton and michael harris just said in five years from today what do you see sanjay shiroli
5: yeah i think both sam and uh, michael talked about you know what technology is going to do for some of these things but at a conceptual level really it's the experiences uh, memorable experiences that are going to make, uh, you know, uh, people buy more, better, and things like that. So I think uh, to, to realize the, the full benefit of these experiences, uh, businesses, and when I say businesses, I'm talking both about the retailers as well as about, uh, you know, the service providers like Sam's company and Michael's company, they're going to have to deliberately design very engaging experiences, uh, you know, that can be leveraged by the consumers and the retailers.
2: Thank you, Sanjay. I'm so glad you could join us for that final word there. I appreciate that. I want to thank our panelists, but first I have some predictions of my own. Next Thursday, of course, well, I won't be here, but we are pre-recording a show. It will be Startup Focus with Game Changers. You know it's always Thursdays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Tuesdays, join us for Biz Buzz with Game Changers, Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern. And Wednesdays, you have to stay tuned for Coffee Break with Game Changers, what I call our flagship series, Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. We've pre-recorded a couple of great shows on cloud predictions for the next two weeks of Coffee Break. I'm going to go bye-bye to the warm climate and get out of this snow here in New York. (laughs) So there, I want to thank Michael Harris. I want to thank Sam Bott, and I want to thank Sanjay Shiroli. Wonderful panelists, great insights, energy, and thank you for sharing your knowledge and your predictions. Appreciate it. Shout-outs to Michelle Hickey. I know you're listening. I know Tom Flanagan is listening because you've been tweeting despite some tech issues. Malcolm Kimberlin, I'm glad you found somebody with a printer so you could get Your your restaurant coupon. That's important. Thank you to Mike and the Business Channel team. I'm Bonnie D. Graham for Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Here's my call to action, everyone. Okay, Michael, Sam, and Sanjay, you have to do this now. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Signing off for SAP Game Changers Radio. This is Bonnie D. Graham. Bye bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.